On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Engage with us. We are a public good. We are here for you. A nonpartisan research group has chosen Iowa as its latest state for expansion. We'll tell you why. Will Iowa be the 20th state to require employers to enroll in a federal system to check employee eligibility? And in our business profile, we'll introduce you to an Ames company that just celebrated 90 years of building across the U.S. and in Canada. This is the Iowa Business Report for the fourth weekend of January 2024. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. The new year has brought announcement of a new nonpartisan organization for Iowa dedicated to protecting and promoting the state's economy. It's the Common Sense Institute, and Iowa is the fourth state in which CSI operates. Kristen Strom is president and CEO of the Common Sense Institute. Common Sense Institute is a research institute that cares about free enterprise. We believe free enterprise works, competition makes us better, free markets allocate resources better than central planners, and individuals make better decisions than administrative state ever could. And what we do is deliver the facts to policymakers, to Iowans, to voters on the issues that matter most to their communities, whether it be tax policy, childcare, housing. We believe at our heart that in order to have the most vibrant, flourishing community, it all starts with the facts. And that's what our core team of researchers do. We were first started in Colorado by a group of concerned business leaders that felt like there was a huge void in public policy making around the facts. Often down at the capitals or in city governments, policymakers were proposing bills and laws without really being informed of what the implications were to business, small business, families' pocketbooks, and really missing the long-term view as well. Something that's really unique about what CSI does is that we run dynamic econometric modeling, which sounds super geeky and is a mouthful, but what that enables us to do is take a long-term view and really understand that a tax policy that's proposed isn't static in nature. It's going to have ripple effects across economies, across industries, and our team of researchers and economists can run those models to look out 30 years, how would the policy today impact our lives, better our lives down the road. This organization began, the Common Sense Institute began in Colorado. Talk about why it was necessary, you and others, to put this together. And then let's talk about that expansion beyond the original mission. What's beautiful about the United States of America and our federalist society and policy is that states have a lot of power. What happens at the local level and in states is really what drives a lot of outcomes and decisions and impacts people's lives the most. State policy is where you see changes, where it impacts communities, and we only focus on state-level policy. As you mentioned, we are in Colorado. We also recently expanded to Arizona, and we're thrilled now to be in Iowa and Oregon. What's so great about those states that we operate in currently is they're all very different, but there are some similarities as well. 
Affordable housing is at the top of the list in every state. We're seeing every state deal with a workforce crisis and workforce issues, childcare issues, and tax policy. As we've been looking at our expansion, CSI and what we do has really taken hold, and we have a goal to be in all of the pivotal policy states across the nation. Doesn't matter if it's a red state, a blue state, there are states that are really leading the ways and helping uphold free enterprise values, being innovative. I think Iowa is one of those great thought leaders right now. Then there's other states that we feel like being in will help us kind of protect and promote issues like Oregon or Colorado, for instance. And again, it is very important to note, yours is a nonpartisan organization. You are focused on issues, and there's nothing wrong with geeking out on data and numbers <laughs> when that's what's necessary to help take the conversation beyond rhetoric or hyperbole and into the nuts and bolts of legislation and policy. I think what's really sad nowadays is that we live in this really incendiary climate where this political rhetoric heightened conversations around what camp you're in has really taken hold, especially within the media. And what we try and do at CSI is break through all of that. What we care about is the facts. And by setting the table with the facts, by informing policymakers, Iowans with the facts, that's when you can really start to see change. And what's amazing about all the states that we operate in is that we actually have bipartisan fellows. So we have Republicans, Democrats, unaffiliated, all that help and are on our team and guide our work. And what they all agree on is the facts. And so if we can use that as a starting point and agree on the facts, I think that we have a better opportunity to solve some of the greatest challenges that we face. It seems that these days folks come into a conversation with an agenda. And it is hard to get to any sort of, of an agreement because everyone is focused on their agenda. This is that middle ground where, again, common sense should prevail, where you're actually cutting through that sort of clutter and actually getting the work done. You're spot on. And it's something that makes us really unique and different than other think tanks, other research institutes. We have a really strict advocacy policy. We do not engage in any advocacy. We don't run issue campaigns. We don't say vote for, vote against. We don't lobby down at the Capitol. You won't see us there. And we do that in order to maintain our credibility. We want to be that honest broker for Iowans to trust. And that's what we found in the other states we're in. We're the go-to source. People call us for the facts because they know that we can be a trusted source and that we don't have skin in the game. So how is it that this actually began to be a functioning entity in the state of Iowa? You have a board of directors that has some well-known names on it, representing different constituencies. You're in the process of hiring an executive director. How is it that you were able to get the sort of support necessary among these different players to bring this institute to Iowa? Iowa, as we were conducting due diligence last year on where to expand next, because we wanted to launch two more states, Iowa quickly rose to the top of the list. We were working through a list of 10 plus states to potentially set up a new state chapter. And what was so amazing about the Iowa community, everywhere we went in the state, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids area, Western Iowa, was the community support. 
every business leader, policymaker said, yes, please get here. We need the facts. We need something like this. We don't have this. And so really, Iowa quickly rose to the top of the list. And you mentioned our board of directors. I just want to give special thanks to those leaders, especially Joe Murphy, for being our inaugural board chair. Without their leadership, their support, Iowa wouldn't have happened. And so thanks to them, it's a reality. If we were to talk in three to five years, where do you hope CSI Iowa is in terms of its growth, development, or acceptance? What's exciting is that two years ago, we launched our second state chapter in Arizona. So I think we have a good roadmap in terms of what could be. Our Arizona office opened with one director of policy. Now we have a team of six, and we have six bipartisan fellows. We have a robust board of directors. Last year, the Arizona team released over 45 policy reports. And so if I look at what the growth potential in Iowa, we want to be the leader in the state providing the facts to Iowans. We want to be at the table, driving the narrative, helping inform and shape the debates that are most important to the state. And what I'm predicting is that we're going to have tremendous growth because the community is bought in, the community's invested. You know, they talk a lot about Iowa nice, and there hasn't been a door that I haven't gone through where Iowans are excited to engage and really leverage what CSI is capable of. That is really one of the things that, as you mentioned, the other states that you've already had connections with, there is a sense of civic duty, and regardless of your political bent, we just came through the caucuses where that was on full display again. That's sort of necessary in order for the fact-based research that you do to actually be accepted by people. It totally is. And that would be my plea to listeners today. Engage with us. We are a public good. We are here for you. Engage with us on social media, download our podcasts, subscribe to our newsletter. If you have research ideas, please let us know. That's where we get most of our ideas on research is from listening to constituents across the states that we operate in. And so please, please, please engage with us. We want to hear from you. Please stay tuned. We're really excited in the coming months. We're going to be releasing some great research on the economic impact of Caitlin Clark on tax reform, the shrinkage of government agencies, and the impact to your pocketbook. Workforce issues, of course, is a top priority. And then we're going to be doing a lot on housing, access, affordability, and property tax reform, too. Kristen Strom, president and CEO of the Common Sense Institute. We connected via Zoom on Wednesday, January 24th. Learn more about their efforts by going online to commonsenseinstituteia.org. Still to come, electronic verification. And later, building a business for nine decades. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The 57 Chevrolet is here. Sweet, smooth, and sassy. Your road trips will never be the same when you're behind the wheel of an American legend. Camp Courageous is giving you the chance to win a 57 Chevy Bel Air Sport Coupe. This is the car people turn their heads for. Get your raffle tickets now at campcourageous.org. Learn more and get your raffle tickets now for a chance to glide down the road in a classic 57 Chevy. Visit campcourageous.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. 
Iowa employers would be required to check a federal system to see if prospective employees are eligible to work in the U.S. That's under a bill advanced this past week in the Iowa House. It's House Study Bill 105 and would require Iowa employers to enroll in the federal E-Verify system. That's the platform that allows employers to check the eligibility of their employees to work in this country. The proposal has passed in the Iowa Senate in the past, but not the House. So far, 19 states have requirements that either all businesses or all public employers and contractors use E-Verify. Employers who employ undocumented persons would be punished. Probation for a first offense, loss of licenses for a subsequent offense. The current legislation was approved by a subcommittee to advance the bill to a full committee. But at this early stage of the legislative session, its chance of passage is not certain. Coming up, a business with multiple generations and two families. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars for this February and join the Iowa Soybean Association at an Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, it's an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at IASoybeans.com. This message brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association, funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Welcome back to the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. In this week's Business Profile segment, you'll learn about Todd and Sargent, a construction company based in Ames since 1933. John Sargent is the third generation of Sargent family leadership, now serving as president and CEO of the company. Todd and Sargent was started in 1933 by a man named George Todd. Started as Ames Construction Company, and George changed the name a couple of years into George Todd Construction. Really, it was 25 years later before the Sargent family got involved via my grandfather, Warren Sargent. George did not have a college education. I, I believe he didn't even graduate from high school, but was entrepreneurial and good with his hands. And after working with a, another company to build wood crib grain elevators, he decided he wanted to form his own business. So he started building wood cribbed grain elevators. Grain elevators built out of wood. You'll still see some of them today across the countryside. George, as he was approaching retirement in the 50s, realized that he needed a succession plan. And my grandpa, who grew up in Iowa, east side of Des Moines, east high grad, Iowa State grad, a conference pole vault champion, amongst other things, had gone overseas to World War II. He ended up in Pennsylvania in the steel industry. And Warren, my grandpa, was looking to get back closer to home and his family in Iowa. And a family friend had connected him with George Todd. And as George was looking for a succession plan, and as Warren was looking for an opportunity to be entrepreneurial in his own right and get closer to home, really it was just the perfect match. So Todd and Sargent, the name was changed in 1958, and we've been on a great trajectory ever since. 
We have really, over a period of decades, taken very seriously this idea of succession planning more specifically, but more broadly, Jeff, I will say stewardship. And that's a word that means a lot to me. Stewardship is not just about owners and profits. It's about relationships that you have with your clients and with your employees, with others in the industry, with subcontractors, and really everyone in the ecosystem that you exist in. And so that's something we've taken very seriously. As part of that, succession planning is certainly a huge part and really being intentional and I will say over planning or at the very least planning much sooner than you think you may need to start. It really is critical for any business out there and something that we've taken really to heart, perhaps in part because of some of the the stories that we've heard from over the decades, even from within our own organization. How many employees do you have presently? And talk a bit about the present operation and location. We have just under 400 employees, and they are spread across the United States and Canada. Our headquarters is in Ames, Iowa. We've been here since we started in 1933. We, about a year and a half ago, opened up an office in Winnipeg, Manitoba, up in Canada. We had been doing work up in Canada since the late 60s and eventually realized if we want to serve our clients and serve our team members up there in the best way possible, we need to establish a physical presence up there in Canada. And so with Winnipeg being in many ways the center of the grain industry up in Canada, it was a great choice. We've got an office up there. We hired a Canadian president. And that's really a big part of us, I'll say, doubling down on our Canadian business. But in the U.S., we have about 65 office employees here in names, call it 300 employees out in the field, everything from general laborers in the construction projects that we build, all the way up to superintendents, really talented people. And as you might imagine, the field is really where the rubber meets the road, right? We've got a really talented, dedicated group of people out in the field that do amazing things. We focus on the industrial ag world and focus primarily on concrete grain storage, feed milling, flour milling, and then what we call our industrial group. And industrial would be a number of other different types of primarily food and ag industrial processing facilities, such as biofuels facilities, pet food, malt processing, oilseed crush plants. We have a long history of taking unique types of facilities and designing and building those. So we have architects, engineers, and construction all under our roof. Design, build, or turnkey are terms that you sometimes hear related to that. The way that I typically say it is we design and build facilities that take grain in and turn it into something else, a value-added product that gets then sold on the marketplace. One of our main focuses in terms of type of construction, this is not exclusively what we build out of, but one of the things that separates us a little bit is what's called slip form construction. So slip form is a method where you build the forms on the ground, you fill them with concrete and rebar. There's hydraulic jacks that actually lift up the concrete forms And it's a 24-7 continuous process, typically over the span of about a week. And so we'll start on a Monday morning, two shifts, 
7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for day shift, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. for night shift. And literally, you extrude this facility. So think of a concrete grain silo, grain elevator that you might see off the interstate as you're driving by. Many of those would be built using the slip form technology. And so over the course of, again, typically seven or 10 days, you'd start with a bare slab of concrete and you'd finish with a brand new facility. There's a lot of other work that goes into it, but a pretty unique process. In fact, when we were slipping the Iowa State feed mill, it was really one of the few projects that we would build so close to home since we build really across the United States and up north. Had a number of people call me, text me. You know, I drove by on the way to work in the morning from West Ames and I came back in the afternoon and I swear it looked like that building was getting taller and they're not crazy. It is. And anyway, a pretty unique process that's fun for people in the community to come see. We have really spent, I will say, an incredible amount of time, energy, and effort building a really fantastic team at Todd and Sargent and really company-wide, office, field, Ames, Winnipeg. And I'm so proud of what that team has been able to accomplish. So I think there are opportunities there to find those people. We have certainly worked hard to find them. But as we continue to grow, finding more and more people that, as we talk about, don't just have the technical ability to build something or design something or engineer something or manage a project, not just the technical ability, but have really the right attitude that meshes well with us, that have the same values as our company, do the right thing, team over self, all in all the time, get better. Those are, are words that we make a point to not just have be bullets on a page, you know, in a frame on the wall, but things that we talk about daily. So people is certainly one of the bigger, I hate to call it challenges because there are great people out there all over, but part of our role is to figure out how can we find the right ones and make sure they understand the great things that we're doing at Todd and Sargent. John Sargent, President and CEO of Todd and Sargent, based in Ames. We connected via Zoom on Tuesday, January 23rd. He mentioned the Iowa State University Feed Mill Project. That was a unique partnership between three Iowa family-owned businesses and ISU. We'll tell you that story on this program in a few weeks. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 18 now in all. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the group's 2024 legislative priorities by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.